Good afternoon, Lafayette. This is Joe Cunningham here on the Joe Cunningham Show, News Talk 96.5. KPL, glad to be with y'all today here on this kind of overcast day uh, with the threat of rain still lingering. Just quick look at the weather forecast on my watch shows the chances for uh, some rain and thunder and lightning over the next several hours. So be careful out there on the roads because we know that people uh, forget how to drive as soon as the first raindrops hit. 232-1542 if you want to be part of the show. We've got a lot to talk about today. Let's start with the most recent headline. Gilbert Gottfried, comedian and famed voice actor, uh, has passed away. And that is uh, devastating news. He was one of the key voices of my childhood, having been the voice actor of Iago the Parrot in uh, Disney's Aladdin movies. But overall, uh, has done just a, a stellar, stellar comedian and will be missed in uh, comedy circles and around Hollywood. Uh, cannot overstate just how funny his acts were. I... I can't really figure out where I want to start today because there's so much that's going on. I guess I want to start, you know, I was on a big kick about the media yesterday, so why don't I continue with that thread? Let's start with CNN's executives looked at the media landscape. They looked at their ratings. They looked at the polling that showed people having no trust in the media and CNN's executives therefore thought, hey, I bet we can get 2 million subscribers in our first year for CNN Plus, our new streaming service. And as of right now, a couple weeks in, they have around 10,000 sources are leaking to CNBC. It may be one of the biggest media miscalculations of 2022. According to Axios, uh, CNN was working with a consulting firm ahead of the launch. Uh, they expected to bring in around 2 million subscribers in the U.S. in the service's first year and 15 to 18 million after four years. Now, keep in mind that Fox News, which has much better ratings on cable, uh, gets millions more in viewers each night than CNN does. They launched Fox Nation, a premium streaming service, uh, three years ago. And in its first three years, they have 1.5 million subscribers. CNN somehow thought that in the first year they would get two. They, the entire company appears to be detached from reality. They were planning a $1 billion investment into the service. That's now being cut back. Layoffs are expected. Uh much of the uh, subscriber opportunity executive C comes from international markets rather than domestic. And subscriber expectations will need to be dramatically reduced in the future. The, the service, the premium service launched on March 29th. Uh, CNN's app, which ha you can... You can bundle CNN Plus uh, in the app. So you can catch all of CNN's regular stuff and the CNN Plus stuff in the, C in the CNN app. Added about 18,000 new app installations uh, on the first day of launch. During the seven days uh, ending, uh, during the previous seven days, 
the app was uh, picking up about 9,000 new installs. This is from data that you can get from uh, Apple, Google, and, and other companies that, that track what apps are, are downloaded on their services. The new service, CNN Plus, includes daily news panels, documentaries, uh, as well as some exclusive content from some of their more well-known anchors like Anderson Cooper, Wolf Blitzer, Don Lemon, Jake Tapper, and others. It's possible that there are more subscribers than we're being told. But you have multiple sources leaking to multiple outlets that it looks bad. And despite CNN's best cheerleading efforts, uh, nobody's really convinced that it's doing very well. I mean, it doesn't... It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Last week, CNN could not break a million live viewers, both on TV and streaming, during primetime. They couldn't do it. And I know this because I was writing another media story earlier today about a network that's more successful than CNN, MSNBC. It may shock you to know that MSNBC is more effective at getting viewers than the most trusted name in news. But it's true. People go to MSNBC because that's what they, that's the content they want. They want left-leaning, academic, progressive ideology with a hint of news thrown in. People go to CNN wanting news coverage and they get opinions shouted at them from the likes of Don Lemon and others. And so people have stopped trusting CNN. Why go for MSNBC Lite when you can go for just MSNBC? Why would a network that doesn't get a million live viewers on its free content think that they can get 2 million subscribers for premium content featuring a lot of the same people? CNN and its executives are, as I said yesterday, completely out of touch. We're going to go ahead and take a break. When we come back, let's talk about this MSNBC news because it's another big shakeup in media and why it's potentially a problem for MSNBC. All that and more here on The Joe Cunningham Show, News Talk 96.5 KPL. Okay, so I know that I said I was going to talk about the MSNBC thing, and I'll get to that later on the show, but you know, the TV's on in the studio, and it's... Uh, President Biden giving his remarks from Iowa. I don't even know what he's speaking about in Iowa. I don't pay attention to his schedule near enough. But it cannot be a coincidence that on the day the Biden administration announces that they will allow E15, that is at 15% ethanol fuel production in gasoline, through the summer months, which is typically something that is not allowed. They'll announce that, they, they announce that on the day he's going to a major corn-producing state and a state where Democrats are really struggling in an election year. It cannot be a coincidence. Corn farmers in the U.S. are probably one of the most subsidized subsets of Americans. It is unbelievable how much money that they get, and it's because 
eth- corn lobbying, corn farmer lobbying groups are insanely powerful. Uh, you have Chuck Grassley and Joni Ernst, who pushed the Trump administration to uh, to advance the E15 efforts through the Trump administration. It's one of the, I think, one of the uh, least talked about mistakes of the Trump administration is the push for more act, more more production of E15 fuel. Now again, E15 is where you know you're blending the ethanol in with the gasoline, so it's 85% gasoline, 15% ethanol. And that's a pretty recent standard change in US fuel production. It used to be I think E10. And then I think maybe there was uh, some intermediary in there, but E15 corroded Parts of engines, particularly vehicles that were old, that were uh, per, that were manufactured before 2001, and even up until 2006, 2007, we saw that. In 2012, there were still some issues there, particularly ethanol dissolving rust that can be in older or or less fuel efficient fuel lines, and that getting into your fuel tank and causing problems. There are a lot of issues that having ethanol in your gasoline can produce. And and do not, under any circumstances, put ethanol-laced fuel in your small engine uh, 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 machines at home, lawnmowers, weed eaters, etc. That will just absolutely screw it up. But the Biden administration, first of all, obviously still an attack on car ownership. If you want to put this, it's got EPA approval. It, it, the, the car manufacturers are working to the best of their ability to make sure E15 doesn't harm their engines. But it's still not 100% safe for your cars. So again, the Biden administration pushing, I guess, for, for people to move away from their gasoline vehicles by forcing more ethanol into the fuel standards. But there's a couple reasons why you're doing this. First, it's to stretch out the gasoline we have. If you put more ethanol into the gasoline, the gas the, the gasoline stores that we have tend to stretch a little bit more. But also, the Democrats are performing very poorly in Iowa. Their, their top candidate that they want to beat Chuck Grassley this year was declared by a judge ineligible for the ballot because she didn't get all the signatures she needed to be on the statewide ballot. I can't even pronounce her last name, actually. Uh, Thinkenauer. I forget her first name, but I think an hour, I think, is the name of this woman. But she was the Democrats' favorite to go up against Chuck Grassley, and it's not happening. Grassley himself actually is very much ingratiated with the corn farmers uh, of Iowa. They're not going to vote against him. And if this is coming out, yes, it's the Biden administration saying, yeah, let's go more E15. Uh, Chuck Grassley has been doing the, the, the work of the, the corn farmers lobbying groups for years and uh, he has been getting them all sorts of access to government money and things like that. He, he sits uh, on the energy committee in the Senate. I think he did for a while. And so that, and he has sat on the agriculture committee, I think. Uh, so he's had plenty of, of, of chances to help them out. The Biden administration is pushing for all of this at a time when the Democrats are performing poorly in Iowa. So now you have environmentalists that are happy because yay, E15, less gasoline being used. You can say that the gasoline stores will be stretched a little bit because there's more ethanol going going into the fuel in the busiest travel months of the year, the summer. 
And you can also make Iowa corn farmers happy. This is all political. This has nothing to do with the actual needs of Americans. And nobody's really talking about it. I know in, in Bongino's show, he was talking about the fact that the Biden administration would rather put more ethanol into our gasoline uh, than to actually produce oil in domestically, which is produce oil and gas domestically, which is absolutely the case. Don't don't get me wrong there. But it goes deeper than that. This this is an appeal to several different groups that have lobbied hard over the past several years. The environmentalist groups lobbying the Biden administration very hard. Corn farmers have not stopped uh, lobbying politicians. Again, they lobbied Trump throughout his entire administration, and Grassley and Ernst really tried to push E15 uh, further. Uh, and the Trump administration was kind of for it, but kind of waffled on it. And it kind of stopped for a bit. Um, and, of course, the just trying, the, the Biden administration is just trying its best to make people happy ahead of November. It's important to know that they're doing all this against the grain of history. We are, it is the 12th almost halfway through April. Historically, in an election year, no president, I think in a midterm year is the actual stat, no president has improved their polling from April to November, at least in any substantial way. I think historically that's the case. I'll need to go back and look at it. But historically, presidents at this point in the election cycle for a midterm election year, Presidents really don't improve their numbers between April and the election that year. And Biden's deep underwater. And so pushing to make people happy by stretching our gasoline stores, trying to keep gas prices down by throwing more ethanol into it, keeping the Iowa corn farmers happy in a state where Democrats are struggling, trying to keep environmentalists happy by putting more ethanol into the fuel, something more environmentally friendly and frankly, trying to screw up some more engines so that people switch to electric vehicles a little more quickly. It's not good for the Democrats that they are having to react. Remember, I said this months back. The Biden administration is governing by polling at this point. Everything they are doing is a reaction to the polling. They are trying. They are trying to fix their poll numbers so things won't be so bad. Because the Biden administration is going to be, the Biden administration is a lame duck administration, as it is right now. I told y'all yesterday, they're basically telling uh, Joe Manchin, hey, write the Build Back Better legislation yourself. We'll go with whatever. So you can give us some of our, our things, some of these bullet points. If you could knock those out, that'd be great. They're that desperate because they don't want the entire agenda to be thrown out now. They want Joe Manchin, who's been one of the biggest roadblocks in their own party on their agenda, to get them across the finish line on something. That's where they are. And so he's in Iowa after declaring uh, E15 extension through the summer, trying to make people happy on gas prices, trying to make corn farmers happy, trying to make environmentalists happy. They're reacting. It's not a good sign. 232-1542, if you want to join in on the program, 
We're going to take a bottom of the hour news break. When we come back, I will get to the other media story of the day that I think is an important one over at MSNBC. All that and more here on the Joe Cunningham Show News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. Y'all, uh, we're, we're in the studio during that news break. We're watching bits of Biden's speech, and it is incredible. I mean, the most recent thing he said, uh, he's talking about, we, 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 we listening to the news and then we turn it back to the TV and listen to what Biden's saying. He's in the middle of talking about how if you get in an accident in a in somewhere rural like in Iowa, um, first responders can't get to you. You have a 40% greater chance of dying if you have an accident in a rural area. So then he goes into his pitch about how the infrastructure bill is going to build better bridges. And I'm sorry, what you need to do is invest in community health centers instead of the bridges. And the whole speech, he's kind of all over the place on this. I know he's he's been given the speech and he's basically reading it and he's not, he's trying not to go off script a whole lot. But some of what he's saying is just nonsense. First of all, he's got some smear above the flag pin on his jacket. Best case scenario, a bird dropped a load on him. But he he talked about have the infrastructure because he's talking about the infrastructure. That's his big pitch to Iowa right now. And he mentioned the E15 stuff that I was mentioning in the last segment, but he's, he talked about what we're we're investing money in, uh, in fuel blending pumps when, when manufacturers, car manufacturers have actually decreased their flex fuel vehicle production because nobody was buying it. It, it, it was not, it, it wasn't something you didn't have flex fuels really available. They were there, but it's it's very rare to come across a flex fuel pump and get those flex fuels in there. But a, a, a fuel blending pump, when you don't have vehicles that can handle anything beyond E15, I mean, we're, we have people who are once again talking about E85, and manufacturers aren't building vehicles for that right now. It's crazy. And then Biden calls himself a capitalist. He says he's a capitalist, but he knows that you have to have competition. On a day he's talking about E15 and these ethanol standards, which is entirely government subsidized and mandated by the government because it cannot survive on its own in a competitive market. That's not capitalism. Here we are listening to Biden talk about all of these things, and it's all if you apply an ounce of logic to it, it falls apart. But that's what we're getting right now from an administration that has no idea how to actually solve the problems that Americans are facing right now. If you want to in, to continue increasing what is actually a pretty good uh, job market right now, you open up oil and gas production in the United States. You stop with the red tape that keeps them from producing. And that gets a lot, that can create a lot of jobs right there. The Keystone XL pipeline creates a lot of jobs right there. And you know what else? It lowers everybody's energy bills so that the people who get these jobs and are seeing wage increases, by the way, in the last month, wages actually went down 0.8%. But to fight off wage in, or, or to, to help with the inflation costs and everything, lower their energy bills so they get to keep more of that money from the jobs that they're now getting. 
Don't force E15 on cars. Don't subsidize corn farmers just to meet an environmentalist standard. That's not competition. That's not capitalism. If the government has to get involved to keep your business open, it's not a viable business. But that is what the President of the United States and his administration is pushing on us right now. Now, currently, uh, according to the Chiron on the screen, Biden also was addressing the New York City subway shooting. Um, That was a horrible tragedy to wake up to this morning. Uh, What we know right now is that in New York, uh, New York Police Department uh, has has just they, they know what the victim looks like. They have not ID'd the shooter yet. But a heavyset black male in a sweater, uh, green vest, and uh, and a hood pulled up, I think, with a gas mask on, came uh, came onto a subway train, w- uh, opened a, a, some gas canister you can buy online, filled the filled the cars with smoke, and then started shooting. And none of the victims, as of right now, are in critical condition. Everybody is expected to make a full recovery. But you had, uh, I think, a dozen who were or more who were injured. And it, what, what's so interesting, I, I described the shooter to you. And every media outlet except the New York Post is describing the guy the same way. They are saying they are gunmen, heavy build, wearing a vest and a gas a gas mask. You know what they're not saying? That he's a black male. If it were a white shooter, that would be the lead of every story right now. And it's not that I'm trying to point out that the shooter is black and that there's something that the problem is the guy was black, which is what the media wants you to think anytime you mention the a shooter's race. And they're not white. They want you to think that you're focusing too much on the racial component. The police are actively searching for this guy. If people are tuned into the media trying to figure this out, and the media is not telling them exactly what to look for, how do people know? How can people tip off the police? Do you know how much you're narrowing it down if you say the guy is not white, he's not Asian, he's not uh, Hispanic? You narrow it down quite a bit. But the media, well, got to be racially sensitive here. You're, you're looking for a heavy guy in a vest and a gas mask. That is a big, big problem with our media. Which gets me back to where I wanted to be three segments ago with MSNBC. So in the hierarchy of cable news right now, what, what you have to know is that when we, when we talk about cable news, I'm talking about Fox News, MSNBC, CNN. ABC, CBS, NBC, all of those are, are different. They, they don't come into this calculus because they are networks that do multiple things, but also because a lot more people watch their local news on these local ABC, NBC, uh, CBS affiliates what tends to happen is their viewership bleeds over into the national view. So those, those ratings are always a lot higher, even than Fox News. A lot more people watch the major networks and their news coverage even more than Fox News. 
But Fox News leads the way in those three cable news companies, Fox News, MSNBC, and CNN. CNN's at the bottom right now. They can't even break a million viewers during primetime. MSNBC does with Chris Hayes and Rachel Maddow. Fox News does in several primetime slots. Tucker Carlson obviously leading the way. Sean Hannity still very popular. Laura Ingram uh, fairly popular still. But MSNBC, their, their big draw, the face of their company right now is Rachel Maddow. And Rachel Maddow has been on a several week long hiatus. And she came back last night and made an announcement to her audience that is going to fundamentally shake up MSNBC. 232-1542, we're going to take a break. That is what they in the radio business call a tease. I will tell you what Rachel Maddow's change is when we come back here on the Joe Cunningham Show News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. Mystery solved. It looks like it was indeed a bird that in the middle of Biden's speech uh, did, in fact, uh, leave some droppings on Biden's shoulder right above his U.S. flag pin. Um, you, I've, I'm actually looking. Uh, our, the, so the Republican National Committee, their, their research group, uh, their speed team put out a video clip pretty quickly uh, with one of their uh, response team members saying the state of the Biden administration, and of course it is this slowed down clip of what appear to be bird droppings uh, just exploding on his shoulder. Uh, 232-1542, we've got a few minutes left before we have to go for the day. So Rachel Maddow came back to her show after a weeks-long hiatus last night and announced that she would not be uh, a daily host anymore. Now, for the remainder of the month, she is going to be uh, weeknights, Monday through Thursday, and on Friday she's off. Starting in May, uh, she will scale back her duties to just hosting on Mondays. She's changing her schedule after signing a new contract with NBC Universal and basically makes her a brand manager for MSNBC. She's going to be doing a lot with uh, MSNBC as a company, producing more on the podcast side, uh, more long-term videos uh, or, or long-form videos and documentaries, things like that, uh, more productions from the uh, MSNBC. So Rachel Maddow who is the biggest draw for the network, both in the coveted 25 to 54 demographic and among their audience in general. Um, even while she was out these past few weeks, has maintained fairly high ratings. Her guest hosts have been good for, as far as the network's audience cares, but they always watch the Rachel Maddow show. And the Rachel Maddow show is not going to be in that spot. It will be there on Monday, starting in May. But the other four days a week, MSNBC has to find somebody to take that over. Years ago, MSNBC made a pretty noticeable shift. They had blue-collar type Democrats, where you had Chris Matthews, Ed Schultz, and others, who did the bulk of the commentary. MSNBC shifts to focusing more on Rachel Maddow. And Rachel Maddow brings in guys like Chris Hayes, brings in Ronan Farrow, who despite his 
brief and, and unsuccessful stint as an anchor there, went on to become one of the most feared names in journalism, especially after kicking off the Me Too movement with his expose on uh, Harvey Weinstein. But her focus and the focus of MSNBC under basically her as the, the, the face of the network has been more academic progressivism. And Chris Hayes exemplifies that. Maddow exemplifies that. Other hosts, uh, uh, Joy Reid, who's supposed to be an academic. Yeah. Um, I say supposed to be for fairly obvious reasons. But other hosts on there have been the academic types. And those blue-collar, more down-to-earth types that can connect better to their audience just on a personal level, those guys were shown the door. Various other reasons. I mean, Schultz and Matthews had their issues. Um, Al Sharpton has been fairly regulated to a minimal role there. Others, others, though, have been largely academic. She will be focusing on this increased portfolio. She will have her hands in a lot of cookie jars. Um, but MSNBC will have a short-term problem because people are tuning in to the Rachel Maddow show at the 9 o'clock slot on MSNBC. 9 o'clock Eastern. Um, still draws over a million. I mean, I think uh, 1.2 million. I think she aver- her show averaged last week. And, of course, she returns last night. And her return from here on for the next couple of weeks will bode well for the ratings for MSNBC in that spot. But when she's gone, it's no longer the Rachel Maddow show Tuesday through Friday every week. Who are they going to get to replace her? Who are they? They're, they're going to have to find somebody who can have the star power. And I'm, I'm willing to bet it's not Chris Hayes. He has the spot right before her, has the second highest ratings in the network. But this is the face of the company. And Chris Hayes has been there a while. But I get the feeling MSNBC is going to be like the Biden administration trying to figure out who the next Supreme Court justice is going to be. They're going to look for a woman, probably a person of color, to become the new face of the company. And a progressive like Chris Hayes is going to go along with it because, hey, diversity and equity. But you don't really have that star power available at MSNBC right now, so they've got to do a lot of recruiting to try to find that next big star. No idea who it's going to be. They've had a pretty successful stint of guest hosts, but that was when they were guests on the Rachel Maddow show. None of them, I think none of them, can fill that star power role. Plus, there's the actual style of Rachel Maddow. What brought the people to her show in the first place? Her opening monologues were dissertations. They could take 20 to 30 minutes to explain something. And even the likes of Tucker Carlson and Laura Ingram actually uh, respected her style and her ability to captivate the audience. Even if they didn't agree with the stuff she was saying, they, they had a, a grudging respect for how she delivered on her show. It looks like MSNBC will probably continue a slate of rotating guests. But in the long run, they're going to need some star power if they want to continue to compete and at least beat CNN. If they lose Rachel Maddow and they cannot replace that star power, they cannot replace those ratings, you could watch MSNBC and CNN start to fight for second place again, which would be kind of sad continuing, uh, considering that CNN really sucks as far as getting ratings right now. But that's where we are on the media landscape side. This is going to be a very interesting time in the media. And the media is 
you know, just absolutely flabbergasted that the stuff they advocate, the, the people they push for, aren't gaining any traction among their audiences. The media being entirely of the left, everybody on everybody in the media wanting to be an MSNBC type journalist, I guess, they cannot fathom why their audiences are abandoning them, but they are. And they will continue to, as long as the media doesn't learn from its mistakes. And that's going to do it for me. If you want to reach out online after the show at Joe P. Cunningham on Twitter, Facebook.com slash Joe Cunningham Show. You can reach out to me there. Joe at RedState.com by email if you prefer. And also be sure to check out, subscribe, rate, and listen to the podcast version of the show on Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcasts. I'm going to talk to you guys tomorrow here on the Joe Cunningham Show News Talk 96.5 KPL.